Hi, I'm Danny Belvin. And I'm Demika Brown. And we are biracial unicorns. And some of us built a gingerbread house out of graham crackers. And, like, that's totally okay. Yeah, I think it's fine. Yeah. It's, it's about the aesthetic. It's mm. not about the actual gingerbread, right? Yeah, see, but you know what? That's hard for me to say because I love gingerbread. I love a good gingerbread. But do you do you actually eat your gingerbread houses that you make? Girl, no. I can't because I don't like frosting. There, there's my there's my conundrum. Well, then see, it doesn't really matter what it's made out of. But, you know, it's the aesthetic. It's, so it's like I don't – there's something about the holiness of a graham cracker that's just like, well, that's not – that has no structure or integrity. And then you remember that it's gingerbread or graham mm. cracker and it's all edible anyway. I don't know. But I just remember growing up thinking like, oh, we'll build them out of graham crackers and full well knowing it's like it just – doesn't look as pleasing to the eye, but knowing that the skill in order to make structural sound gingerbread was something way out of the reach of me and those around me, it just felt very classist. And I'm just kidding. <laughs> I feel like you can make you can make graham crackers look good. It's all about mm. the decoration anyway. Like mm-hmm. if you are skilled at the decoration, I don't think the base actually matters that much. I'm just letting you all know that Danny was like the props master in our high school. So, of course, she would say (laughs) the base doesn't matter. (laughs) The girl who can make like turkey legs out of paper mache or whatever. I'm just letting you all know who is saying things. I'm just saying for for visuals, it doesn't matter. (laughs) Like, it does matter. I guess it's, it's, I think it's weird too. If you live in the Southwest, I, graham crackers do make sense because we technically don't have those pointed roofs. And so to me, even mm. then growing up, we wouldn't make it with the graham cracker with the pointed top. So it'd be flat. It would look like Albuquerque flat roofs, you know? And so going anywhere else, having everyone having these lovely pitch roofs, I'm like, well, yeah, that makes sense. But I don't know. All right. Top three candies for gingerbread houses. Like for decoration? Yeah. Mm. I mean, I guess I'm not, I'm just not super gingerbread house mm. experience. I'm trying to think, like, feel like candy canes, small candy canes are good to have. Ooh. Like, it's a good support. Mm. Mm. I think it needs to be either something that is easy to break and shape mm. or something that organically works well, like a, like a, gummy tree is nice because it's like good it's like a good decoration like Mm. it's and you don't have to shape it so i'll go with gummy tree and my last one will be this might be this might be controversial but i think i think a butterscotch candy is nice because the amber color makes it look like a very warm welcoming like window (laughs) No, I don't think that's <laughs> controversial, and I'm kind of here for it. And I love that we're already thinking about how can we bring warm elements into this edible home. <laughs> I'm here for it. I would, I would only add like sour straws because they're bendable. Mm. You can make them into really Those good, good window outlines. You can make them good borders. You can do walkways. They're amazing to snack on since we don't like sweet. At least I'd have something sour on there. Um, Maybe cotton candy for snow, so we don't have to fake snow. That might be kind of nice. And mm, I'm trying to think, maybe some kind of wafer cookie for shingling mm. and texture. That might be kind of nice to add some some of that to the house. That way it has a little more three dimension to it. So yeah, I'm all about the texture. Mm. I think also growing up in in the desert, it's like <laughs> you can make. A gingerbread house and then it like keeps forever yeah obviously when i lived in florida when i was in seventh grade <gasps> everything just like melts it Mm-mm. gets so wet like Girl. just from the humidity like it's not go- it's not gonna last one day like it's ridiculous 
You're so, you're so, so right. Our friends uh, in England last Christmas were so sweet and surprised my daughter with the gingerbread house. Like, oh, we made it like two days ago. They're like, so when you eat it, just be warned. And so we did. And girl, when I tell you, it had no snap left. It was just so like, just so soft and just kind of bent when we tried to start taking it apart. But yeah, humidity is the enemy of all gingerbread dreams. Yeah, it's true. But so we are going deep yes, into the gingerbread world because today we are focusing on the holiday, Christmas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Your fave. Yeah, my favorite holiday. Uh, <laughs> so you already know. You already know, Damika. I, I have so many feels. We decided that we were going to watch a movie. Mm-hmm. For this this week's episode, back into the what what were we calling it? Unicorns at the movies. Yes. So we we popped the corn because it's the holidays. We strung it up into a garland and put it on a tree. <laughs> we put cranberries in there. We put on the comfy socks that said "Don't disturb." We're watching the movie. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> it was it was it was called for because, as like I said, anyone who's listened to the show has known we have ripped, torn, burned at the stake, and had our had all of our feelings about holiday movies. But which is why we actually took the time to watch the Netflix special of Jingle Jangle, A Christmas Journey. Because this is probably one of the very few holiday fantasy immersive movies that is a predominantly all black cast. Yes, we've talked at length about our problems with the lack of representation. Mm -hmm. So as far as holiday movies go, this was a... A refreshing change, I think. Yes. And so for us not to watch it would be kind of silly. We we need this representation. It's here. So let's give it a good holiday try. Yes. So it it's new. It's brand new. It just came out this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't feel bad if you hadn't heard of it. I had not heard of it before watching it. Mm-hmm. It came out November, November 13th. Mm-hmm. on netflix it was also released in 90 theaters yeah i'm like movie theaters are still open like uh, that blew my mind a little bit mm-hmm. i thought it was only going to come to the theaters at first and i think there was that debate but like i said the we'll get into a little bit later but i mean there was there's money into this particular film yes so yes. yeah but yes 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 so i think that's why they had a little bit of both which i kind of low-key would have loved to see in a theater minus pandemic Yeah, there are a lot of aspects of it that are clearly meant to be seen on a larger scale. Mm -hmm. But it's this is really cool. It was uh, written and directed by a man of color, Mr. David E. Talbert, which I was not really familiar with his work. Um, I know he's done... I mean, he's obviously really passionate about the the Black community, which is a lot of some of his earlier works have done so it was kind of cool to kind of hear about this up-and-coming director still it has a really impressive cast for that I mean, it has mm. Boris Whitaker in there Anika Nona Rose which I love her she was actually the voice of Princess Tiana Felicia Rashad which we, me and her we go back we got a little awkwardness but I love her still mm. um, Keegan-Michael Key in there and uh, John Legend co-produced some of this as well and really had a lot of his imprint on the music and so like we said there's there's some money thrown at this and I think it's worth pointing out too that while it is a predominantly black cast it's not exclusively a black cast no 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 Ricky Martin yeah (laughs) isn't it yes yes and i think those who also helped out with the music and i believe costume and set design are are white people Mm. so yeah how where did ricky martin come from i don't know i was so surprised i wasn't disappointed i was was not expecting that yeah like i was like where have you been ricky (laughs) because we're like that yes (laughs) Mm. But yes, it's really enjoyable, really super fun kind of cast. I read that it was first uh, conceived as a Broadway musical, and mm. I think that it's very apparent in a lot of the different moments, particularly the musical numbers, I suppose, of the film. And David Talbert is, I think, best known as a playwright. 
Mm-hmm. Or maybe that's just me for <laughs> being in the theater world. But yeah, so I think that that was an interesting aspect too. And that, that seems to be a common theme of the movies that we end up watching for some I mean, reason. Yes, yes. I think it's just, I think we're just drawn to it. It's natural. And yeah, you can definitely tell even with some of the script has a very, it would not surprise me that in years to come, this gets adapted to the stage, which has given me all the whiz vibes, hardcore. So. I'm definitely for it because you can take a lot more time. You can write more songs, which will definitely help story as well when you transfer something like that to the theater. So, um, I don't. Would you? Do you want to give a brief summary? The short summary of of the movie <laughs> is. There is a toy maker, Geronicus Jangle, who has this amazing shop and an amazing wife and amazing daughter and is just super successful. And then he finds a way to make a sentient toy, mechanical toy, and his apprentice steals the toy is is kind of like tricked into it by the toy and steals like all of his plans and leaves him in ruins Mm. and and we skip ahead in the story and it's kind of about geronicus finding how to believe in himself and and things outside of himself kind of led by his granddaughter who is the daughter of his estranged daughter at that point and that's journey journey is all about you know inventing and believing in things and the magic of christmas and all those things so that would be my back of the dvd box <laughs> version i hope of the it story. is written verbatim mm-hmm. i hope you get it should on be yeah it i should think be. you should be <laughs> That is perfection. I I love it. That's a really good one without any... I guess should we warn, if we accidentally have any spoilers, we are not accountable for that. Like, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, we can't be held. We might get into spoiler territory, but we'll try We'll try to warn you if we can. Yeah, we'll do what... <laughs> we're only human, so... Yeah. What was your initial feeling vibe watching said movie? Well, I guess I would say it's cute. It was Mm -hmm. a cute movie. I'm not into Christmas movies. Mm -hmm. I'm not into musicals. I do not have small children in my house. (laughs) So it was not, (laughs) it was not a movie for me, (laughs) for my world. But I thought that it was really sweet. It was a really sweet movie would be my first, my first initial takeaway, Mm. like in a very like distilled version of it i have lots of thoughts about about the design i have thoughts about like the cultural implications um Mm. but just like initial takeaway my own feelings cute movie Mm. i i I had moments of waxing and waning like i some of the early musical numbers i was like oh no tamika what have you gotten me into <laughs> I thought the same thing for you. I did. I actually, it's you can ask my husband. I was sitting there. I was like, oh no, poor Danny. <laughs> I did. I hardcore because on the other spectrum, I actually I like Christmas. I like some Christmas movies, and I have a small child at my house. <laughs> so this is why the show works. By the way, in case everyone's wondering, this is why this works, y'all. So for me, it's same thing. It was really cute. It was really, really magical. And I guarantee we probably have some of the weirdest same like reservation towards it. But the initial gut overall feeling like when the movie was said and done, I went, oh, that was nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was nice, and I I hope lots of kids watch it, was yes, my thought. Yes, 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 because we'll definitely do that. So now that we've done the basic overall review, we have done the director who's in it. You should go watch it. Representation matters. It's cute. All right. That's that. I would say that's the basic. If you don't want any potential spoilers or you don't like going in too deep, catch us on the flip side or come join us at the happy place. Because <laughs> I want to ask Danny about the aesthetic. How would you describe that? We want to go into costume sets. If you want to go into any of that, I just want to hear all your yeah. thoughts. Yeah. 
I went back and forth about my feelings about the aesthetic. Um, mm. I mean, first off, costumes are beautiful. Yeah, I love the mixing of patterns. I love the colors. I love like so much of the costumes. At one point, like the first time we saw Journey, my husband, who at that point had been roped into watching it, he didn't watch the whole thing, but he watched part <laughs> of it. He was like, oh, that girl is wearing an outfit you would wear. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes, it's true. I think they were really beautiful. And I loved, I really loved the playing with uh, animation and mm -hmm. having having like these mechanical toy versions of the characters that. and of moments like I thought that that was really nice. One thought that I had was it was so European Christmas <laughs> the, mm. the aesthetic uh, but I think that that was because it was a Christmas movie my mm. thought was like why is it so like it looks like Europe <laughs> but then I was like I guess that's where Christmas kind of comes from or at least like these Christmas movies or the vibe of the Christmas movies always tend to be very European so that was one thing that I was like that's kind of a strange choice but then I was like I guess the desire to have like it have it have a christmas aesthetic and christmas vibe was higher than like creating a a new world i mm. guess i i kind of agree i thought there was i i actually really like the insertion into this traditional european dickens like world and it was it felt very alternate universe of what happens if we had this Dickens world that had this influx of people of color. So even from mm. the palette and patterns, you had like the very influence of like Kente cloth and things of that nature that I thought like how beautiful that would be to have these gorgeous European silhouettes but the color and influence of that of different places of the Caribbean and, and Africa and Jamaica and I thought oh that was really it's really interesting I mean they had like essence of, of steampunk kind of sprinkle into it which who doesn't want that in their life um, the hair I loved owed an appreciation to natural hairstyles mixed in with this kind of yes the hair was beautiful mm -hmm. I, oh, gosh, I absolutely so agree and it was very like like natural hair and like very authentic black hairstyles mm -hmm. that were just really lovely. Yeah, I agree so with it, that. So it was nice. And I think even for a Christmas movie, I still feel like it did not push the agenda of a Christian and or white Santa Claus kind of poignant. Mm. Like the only thing that really was that the fact that there was a toy maker, which I can I be completely transparent with you? I was told I didn't know anything about this movie except for that it was going to be this amazing toy maker, right? And I thought, oh, wouldn't it be so cool if this was like the um, uh, Uncle Dressemeyer backstory kind of thing from Nutcracker, uh, which I thought mm. would have been really cool, but I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no one steal that. That's copyrighted by racial unicorns, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> But, you know, I, I did I did like the fact that we're just saying, what what if what if we actually had people of color in these traditional Christmassy films, but it, was, it had nothing to do with a Santa Claus character. It had him having to get this thing done by Christmas. And yeah, I didn't feel like it was shoved down my throat. It just was. And I kind of like that in a weird kind of way. And it was filmed in England as well. So uh, we had another a mixture of, you know, American accents and British accents. And mm. that was really cool. And that was never really explained. There was like a mixture of accents, but it wasn't it wasn't necessarily like explained in the way that, yes, I guess there was like one of the antagonists who wasn't really that antagonizing i guess <laughs> but he had he had a, a british accent right but like i think that that's that's often the case is like you know like the, mm -hmm. the accent denotes like a an antagonist or a protagonist and that wasn't really the case in this mm -hmm. movie let's let's talk about not so antagonizing <laughs> So so we mentioned Ricky Martin. Ricky Martin voices this beautiful Spanish matador sentient yeah. toy. Yeah. Do we have thoughts on this toy? 
I was just very confused as yeah. to why that was the toy. It didn't seem to fit with the world of at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like there was no other references to Spain or yeah. no other references to other cultures except for, for this toy. It was almost like they were just like, well, we want Ricky Martin to be, <laughs> be a voice of this movie. <laughs> Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know about that. Yeah, what, what were your thoughts? I was like, sh- should should I apologize to somebody? Like, I, I felt that I was like, should 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 black people say sorry for that? I don't know. I thought once again, I thought it was such a creative. I thought once again, it would end up being something like a nutcracker, something like that. And I felt like it didn't go with any of the theme, or in fact that. I thought it was the whole, it being sentient was the whole thing, not his own mechanics. Like, they make a very big deal about this one particular toy, and the makings of that toy kind of go by the way. It's just all very interesting, which I guess is kind of, we've unwillingly kind of come to our parts that, at least for me, I, I struggled with. Because I did enjoy the movie, and I guess it's like trying to get into it without going too deep. I really did enjoy this movie. I really liked it, and especially watching my daughter, it's pretty cool the fact that she gets to watch this kind of magical world where you know, skin color is not the thing that's lacking. And she has been inventing things all week since she's been watching it. And and I love it. I love it that it has a strong young little girl of, of, of color. And, you know, we've talked about it before. These kind of movies that are representative can't be all things to all people. And because we have to try to fit so much in because we don't have that many of them, they're not going to be perfect. And I always am conflicted of whether I should stand by a movie, even if it's not the best, because we just don't have that many. So I always feel like I'm going to have a very skewed view, but there, but I did enjoy it. But I was lost on some of the things. Like mm. That Matador character was probably one of the top. Some of the music, I was a little, I it was lovely. It was, for me, it was really hard to get into, especially the first time I listened to it. Once you listen to it a few times, you're like, yeah, you just kind of get into it. But I think that it's the initial listening to it. And you're like, I just don't know how this fits. Yeah, yeah. There was a little bit of a disconnect, but in terms of the music. And I I have mixed, mixed feelings about it. I think I was like, and this tends to be my feeling for musicals anyway, is I was more interested in the dancing (laughs) than the music. Um, Mm. And I liked, like, the inspiration in the dancing. Totally. Um, It felt good. It felt, like, very rooted in the characters, rooted in the world, rooted in the blackness of the world. Um, So I really liked the dancing, but the music, I think, was a little bit more miss for me but i've only listened to it the one time so maybe Mm -hmm. that would change but to go back to the matador something that i i thought was really interesting as a choice for for the character but also made me question why why this spanish matador was so much of of it as as the villain Mm -hmm. was about this idea of like it's all driven by Don Juan's desire to be unique and to be the only one and to hold on to that uniqueness, which to me is almost like a value of white supremacy. Mm. <laughs> so I'm like, why why not have like I don't know, why not have a white <laughs> a white toy? I don't but know. And, and me. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Yeah, and like I said, and kind of the the one the coercion he did with the apprentice uh, of of the main character. I just uh, Gusterston, who was the apprentice to Geronicus, who takes the doll and takes all his inventions. Like to me, I'm like, you mean to tell me like one conversation with a with a toy <laughs> with a toy <laughs> with a toy has made you change? So even to me, I know some people. I watched a couple of re- reviews. There's not many of them because I said the movie's quite new. They had an issue with that as well of like one conversation with someone that you have been an apprentice to for for years and the fact that neither villain really were was that menacing when you have a film there's like it doesn't feel that like big of a threat 
or it's that dire. And both villains did not seem that capable of being really menacing. But I guess at the same time, I also felt like I don't. It's also a Christmas movie. I guess you don't. That's not the point. Well, I, I think I think the reason. Yeah, I, I agree that it's like one conversation, but I think it's it's more the archetype of the character of it mm-hmm. like being like the Don Juan character is like the devil on your shoulder, mm-hmm. right? So I don't think it takes a lot of convincing because it's like playing on G's insecurities. Mm-hmm. He was already feeling like... Geronicus wasn't going to help him like he was Mm -hmm. feeling like he wasn't advancing as fast as he wanted to like all these things he was like he really dug into those insecurities but I agree that it's a little unbelievable I suppose Mm. well even I think what I actually did find the fact of them playing into the securities of that within the community there is this drive to have this hurry to be on the come up so I thought that that is that is a relatable heel to kind of to highlight that that could be actually quite dangerous in itself to have the influence of others to Mm. kind of push by and wanting to be the head and wanting to be the best and like are you willing to to harm step over on those in your own community in order to further yourself and so it's like oh mm, that's super interesting yeah i don't think there was any really and i think this is the desire to make it a kid's movie. Mm-hmm. There wasn't really any scary villain necessarily. I mean, I guess, <laughs> he, spoiler alert, he does kind of try to kill the children, yeah. uh, which is, is a little scary, I suppose. But like, I, he was more, you know, painted as being so under the influence of mm. Don Juan that he wasn't really that scary. And then the other character was like the, the head of the bank, the friend of um, Geronicus, who was going to like foreclose on him, which also just felt like kind of a classic Christmas trope. <laughs> it was. It was like I said, there's nothing like terrifyingly like, oh, fresh and new. I think what's new is just like the characters. But once again, when you have that cultural competency, that kind of lens through it, because what was it when I was uh, watching a review of this and you might have to help me because I did struggle through this. I watched a white guy give his review of the movie and he talked about the female character who was uh, very flirtatious with the Geronicus character. I mean, the Geronicus character mm. did lose his wife. The male woman. Yeah, the male yeah, woman who was the amazing. The postal woman. Yeah. yeah phenomenal- I love that character. Oh, thank you phenomenal voice brought i mean i do think adding that storyline was a bit much but here's it's not her fault she was phenomenal that girl can sing she's stunning i you know a a lot of comic relief i think at times for for kids especially uh but i was listening to this gentleman talk about i don't get the character i don't like the character i think the character is very unrelatable and kind of went on to about it and i thought unrelatable exactly but but once again we probably know someone exactly like that. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? And I think there's yeah. this layer of cultural competency within it to help that I'm finding with these movie reviews that are popping up that I'm really struggling with. And I'm like, Demika, I can't sit here and say only people of color can give a proper review. But at the same time, I'm really struggling because I feel that there's something that really lacks because people were saying that adding the extra estrangement between Geronicus and his daughter was just once again too much. But I think once again, they're not understanding of like the, the, the strain uh, generationally mm. that male figures, especially dealing with disappointment, have had, especially with their daughters. There is yeah. a lot of that. And just the fact that there can be forgiveness and there can be a healing of generations like that is really prevalent. Unfortunately, a lot of, you know, young ladies, especially of color, grow up without a father figure. And sometimes that's deal with a lot of disappointment. Things didn't necessarily go through. And that is a real... Uh, that is something unless you've experienced that or been with the community when you watch that 
you're going to have a hard time relating to that. And once again, even to the dancing group in the trio, like there's always somebody in the neighborhood that's on the come up trying to start a music group. Do you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is so true, isn't it? And I think once again, I'm like, how can you actually enjoy and put your two cents into the movie? Which, like I said, there's some things of what he said that I agreed with, but there are certain things it was not looked through the lens of cultural competency. And I don't, I don't know. I, I just... I struggled listening to that. Mm, that's like a really interesting point. And I hadn't considered it too too much, to be honest with you, because I was like, there, there are so many common like Christmas tropes in this movie. And I I guess I didn't even didn't even think about that level of cultural competency that would be necessary. And I, I'm, I'm still just like so floored that she was that he was like that character was not relatable because mm-hmm. I I think I found her like the most relatable, like the most Thank like you. one of the most archetypical characters in that movie. <laughs> like she was and I think like her I don't I don't have to justify her existence to you, but I, I think she was a welcome addition to the movie like Mm because she was she was so much about like the joy and like she was a light like in every scene that she was in she was a light you know exactly (laughs) i don't know i i find that so funny and i also find it so funny that people and perhaps this is me in this moment right now too but like people out there who it's like the movie was not for you, so why are you, like, over here saying, like, this character's relatable, this character's not relatable? Like, honestly, your opinion doesn't matter. <laughs> like, it's not for you. We've talked about that. Whenever we do a movie review, we normally at the end always say, who is this movie for? Because that mm-hmm. is a very valid question. And, you know, I, I there's a black pastor and his family in Philadelphia that I have followed for many years and have a great amount of respect, and they... They uh, Instagrammed a couple of days ago that they watched this movie and they were like in tears and they were just like, it was just such a big deal. And, you know, they're old, they're older than me and have been through and lived life and had so much more. And I'm thinking Mm -hmm. about what that means for them as well. And I'm like, yeah, this is what this movie means. Yes, it's it's got some it got some buggy issues. But I think once again, hearing somebody uh, put their their two cents in European goggles on through something that once again is not necessarily for them was really difficult. But I, I at the same I don't want to be exclusive, but it was these are the people who are writing reviews and ultimately will decide the fate of how well and how produced in the algorithm this movie becomes. And so here are bigger name movie reviewers giving their two cents on it that will ultimately affect the overall appearance of this movie. And so mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I'm so a girl, I'm I'm conflicted. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I've got so many, so many feelings. I understand that for sure. And I think you're right that in terms of like a movie reviewer, that it does come down to what you were saying before, cultural competency. That should be like step one, mm-hmm. I think, when reviewing a movie is like thinking about about that layer. And this goes back to a conversation we've had many times, but I think there are so many people in our society still that have not started to do the work mm-hmm. and realize that, you know, whiteness isn't neutral. Mm-hmm. Their understanding of the world, and especially white men, older white men often tend to think like, you know, the world was created for them because that's what they've been told their whole lives. And so like anything that is outside their realm of experience is all of a sudden not relatable Mm. rather than thinking about it through the lens of different people. Mm -hmm. So I, I, what I'm saying is less white men reviewers, please. (laughs) And th- there we go. Danny is just fixed. She's fixed it. She's fixed it for me. Thank you, boo. <laughs> just, I, I really, really struggled. I, I wanted to, like I said, to be respectful and mindful of everyone's opinion and not start that. Because if we start where, who gets to review what, it was just the impact they get to have on this movie going forward was really, really difficult for me to swallow, especially since Mm -hmm. I know the movies with predominantly black cast have to only deal with when the blackness is the conflict. 
Yes. Yes. And that that was a beautiful thing about this movie is Mm. like there was a predominantly black cast, but I don't see how anybody could call it a black movie. Mm. Like it was not a black movie. It was just a movie that happened to have a black cast. And yes, there were influences. There were cultural touchstones. There was, you know, like elements of the design that were impacted, elements of the dance that were impacted, elements of the music. Like there was there were ripples of it. It wasn't completely incidental, but it wasn't like I don't think it makes it inaccessible to anyone who's not black, as someone who is not black and watched the movie. <laughs> exactly. And it was so refreshing to watch a movie with a predominantly black cast to where they didn't have to overcome the stresses of being black in order for the movie to have a nice wrap up. Like he wasn't losing his store because he was a black man. Yeah. That was so nice. He was like, he was losing the store because of X, Y, Z. He had someone had stolen from him. He come on hard times. He lost his wife, all these things, but it did not center around his pigmentation. I didn't, like it was so nice to watch a movie where I didn't have to pause it, explain to my daughter about, you know, this s- systemic racism and what that means. And now, okay, now we can go off and enjoy it. Like it was just so nice to where she can just sit there and enjoy this immersive, uh, colorful, beautiful world where it was very magical. Like it just really was Christmas magic on steroids and we could just enjoy the culture and live in that moment without me having to burst the bubble of oh by the way they're trying to overcome oppression like it was so refreshing and nice we've already talked about the matador but aside from that like I it was very refreshing that there wasn't that default layer of colorism that we see and we've talked about this before like Forrest Whitaker is the protagonist, and he is darker skinned Mm -hmm. than Keegan-Michael Key, who is Mm -hmm. the antagonist, right? Mm -hmm. And, like, that was really refreshing to see, too. Like, Mm. you know, they didn't default to dark is bad. Exactly. Which, can we... Oh, right. So there was was a little clamor. So I had, of course, for every, you know, I did watch some, some people of color comment about the movie they always i love it that mm. we have lots of things to say they had a really hard time with the young jessica being uh, a light-skinned young lady cast uh yeah yeah and then to where the grown-up version of jessica being played by miss anika uh, anika rose her being of of darker skinned woman and they had a hard time with that i i i guess maybe i don't know maybe i just didn't until it was pointed out to me. Yeah, of course I noticed, duh. But at the same time, I don't think it bothered some people. It really did. Like, how did mm. this light-skinned girl grow up to be this darker-skinned woman? Then she had a light-skinned child. And where's the father? I'm like, it wasn't about the father. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know. Once again, there was like this issue of colorism within the community. Kind of popped up, but I didn't feel it in the movie it wasn't until afterward and I watched other people's take on it and I don't know I I it didn't ruin the movie for me it was I had to check myself of just being like well why didn't it bother me and I think I just it that's my background of being someone who has a family that has many different shades it doesn't bother me Mm. as much but I think if that's not the case for you it could very well do that yeah and I think it's also just we're we're kind of used to it <laughs> in mm-hmm. movies almost and that yeah. and you're right that's something we need to think about and check. Like I was just watching um Selena the other day. <gasps> um, and 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 I was reminded of like the child actress who plays Selena is so much darker than Jennifer Lopez in the mm-hmm. movie uh, as an adult. And so I think like we see we see it happen both ways oftentimes, right? And like the disconnect between skin tones of families. I'm also from a family where we all have different skin tones. So like that never bothers me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Like I, I guess like you, I'm used to seeing kind of mixed skin tone families and it feels authentic to me but i also i think it's a valid a valid pushback um mm-hmm. coming from people 
Exactly. So I did for at first, of course, I had like stank face listening to it. But I that's once again, having to check like my own experience in life and privilege um, and kind of see what it what how can I be either more aware or more sensitive or is there something to, that can be done going forward. But my husband and I talked about this, this movie, whether you liked the plot, if you ta- thought it was too thick or thin or whatever, this is just a, a door. You know, like we talked about with the movie Get Out, you know, this is hopefully just going to be a door that opens up and allows more movies within this particular genre to be made. And we get to express and to perfect these ideas and plots in writing and character development. And that can be done. It's so hard when we don't have that many. We have to kind of throw everything we have (laughs) at it. But what I'm hoping for the future is that we get to have more and we get to have things that really stand the test of time to be real classics. I'm really looking forward to that. I think I feel similar. Um, A big thought that I had after we finished watching the movie, I would have loved this movie as a child. Ooh, girl, same. And I just would have loved it. Really formulative and wonderful for me to see like a more diverse Christmas film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it, it's just so different than than the classics that we grew up with that are all white casts, right? So I think it's in that sense, like it's important just because of the representation. And I think children tend to be a little bit more welcoming of it and like will not question it. Mm-hmm. And the more they're exposed to it, the more normal it is in their lives to see like a diverse cast. And I think in terms of this movie, like I mentioned before, it is a predominantly black cast, but it's not an entirely black cast. Like there are people of many races on the streets, like as background characters in this movie. And I think that that was a really nice thing to see in a Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. It's so nice. I know I don't want us to run too long, but I also low key like that it wasn't just like Christmas magic that solved everything and mm. and belief, but like it was engineering and science for a young young lady to just be into. Which well, I was like, yes, it's a little bit of both. <laughs> well, well, it was, but it was also like. It, even more than the engineering, like the most important thing was like the believing, which is very Christmas feeling. Oh, definitely. But you have to take what you can get in these movies. I'm like, oh, we also saying that there's a, this beautiful, logical side to things that young ladies can specifically be into. And I think there's been a huge push as well saying like you can be inventive. You can be into these mm-hmm. particular things. So once again, probably reading way too much into it. But. Like I said, seeing my daughter this entire, there has not been a cardboard box that's been safe from my daughter for the last three days. Um, she, <laughs> has, she has been pipe cleaners and markers and tape and, and just everything she can get her hands on to create an engineer. And I, I absolutely love that. So for, for that, I'm definitely going to give this movie. I don't know. We never created a, a rating system. Get three hollas. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll I'll give this movie a a cup of eggnog. <laughs> do you like eggnog? I do like eggnog. Yeah, I just learned something new about you. I did not know that. I like homemade eggnog. Mm, I need like go. an eggnog that's like made from actual eggs in a house. Mm. <laughs> like I don't. I will not buy a carton of eggnog and drink it. Like mm. that's not my life. Okay. Okay. We were gonna talk after the show, but. <laughs> <laughs> fab yeah good movie if you have kids definitely check it oh, out oh definitely because don't we get all the time like what can my kids watch or read to help them with like, representation like yeah. this like look at like watch this movie and then something like oh did you like the costumes and we can look up because those certain patterns and colors have certain meaning within different cultures and look that up and it would be such a easy segue into that or why did you like their hair so much well you know this is a different kind of texture and how it's different from yours like it's such a beautiful and easy way to have these interesting important essential conversations with your kids yeah and i mean if you do have kids that are like astute enough to be like this looks like victorian england um (laughs) you can also (laughs) point out that there were black people that lived in victorian england (laughs) 
I'm just over here, like the Kermit like, meme, <laughs> sipping my tea and been like, but I wouldn't know anything about that. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Everyone go make homemade eggnog and go watch this movie and enjoy yourself. Yes. And we'll talk about the mad door later. <laughs> yeah. Jury's still out on that. I don't know how to feel. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, shall we move into our happy place? We totally should. All right, Damika, what is your happy place? So... I've been, I feel like I've been moving for three years. It feels so long. Yeah. And finding and not having, like, we've been living out of a suitcase, like I said, for about three months now. And I wouldn't bring tons of toys with us, obviously, because it's international travel and everything. But with being in a space that's not ours, in a lockdown, it's been crazy. But because my best friend is terrible and got me hooked on TikTok, uh, <laughs> I, I just love the sticking power of this TikTok yes, obsession. It, it's really terrible. It's so awful. But the thing is, I felt like the only way to redeem it was to make it useful in my life. So cut away. I'm going to cut all the middle out. Dollar store crafts. I'm obsessed. And so I will go and go to the dollar store and we'll mask up. I will go first thing in the morning and we'll go and get some stuff to make crafts out of. And it's been like, my daughter will pretend to have like our own channel, like on YouTube or whatever. And like, what are we going to make at the dollar store? First, you're going to need and then she'll go and look for all the stuff and we'll come home and we'll make like the little dollar store crafts and we'll be super proud and we'll take a photo. And it's really, really it's it's like it's one of my favorites. And um, it's been really nice to help just fill the time she does school and that's all online and it's really crazy rainy here in Washington state. So it's hard to go outside and it's a lockdown and it just feels like anytime you can have like something that brings a little bit of like joy that uses the brain, <laughs> you have to kind of just take it. So dollar store craft. So look up on YouTube or Pinterest or TikTok and Get some change because there's a change shortage and go get some dollar store crafts. <laughs> Excellent. What is what is making you particularly happy? So I've recently got a new nail polish that is a color changing thermal <gasps> nail polish. So like a mood ring, it changes based off of like the temperature. Does it um, really and- work? And it really works. Um, So the one that I have goes from like a very bright light blue to um, kind of a dark purple. And yeah, so I really like it. And I'm like fascinated by the change of my temperature (laughs) throughout (gasps) the day. And I keep like trying to show my nails to my husband and he hates it. He's like (laughs) over it. He's like, I don't need to look at your nails 20 times a day. It's but I fine. Think you do. Like- <laughs> but I just washed my hands and now it's a different I- color. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I mean, I have very long nails. Um, so like what often happens is it'll be the warmer color near my skin and then the nail that's like away from my skin is like is the darker color Ooh. because it's colder. Yeah, I find it very fascinating. <laughs> that is real. I mean, because you're on the computer and if you have to stare at your hands and you're like, might as well be fabulous and like yeah. interesting. Yeah. When I wake up, my hands are like totally the the warmest they can be. <laughs> and then like, <laughs> it's really, really interesting. I'm into it. That is super cute. Oh, that's really, really neat. I must find some. My my little is gotten to nail polish colors. And so I think I might make her a little stocking and I think that might have to go into it. Yeah, it's fun. It has that nice like gradient effect sometimes. It's mm. it's a lot of it's it's the little things. No, and and honestly like I'm I'm, I'm into the little things as well. So if you're feeling down, 
go if you can leave your house. (laughs) I I bought this nail polish online. Oh, cool. Or yeah, do both those things. I'm sure you could find both cheap like materials to make some stuff and do that and be indoors. Yes. (laughs) And do these things. Or if you're you're like me, I have such an extensive like art supply craft supply collection Mm. that I'm sure I could do your like dollar store (laughs) crafts like just based off of things that I already have around the house I can't wait to get my stuff back I know I know I can't (laughs) wait because same I have what should be a dresser full of clothes filled with crafts like it looks like oh there's a lot of clothes in here I'm like nah false it's crafts oh and some hair it's hair than crafts (laughs) excellent excellent i mean hair is like crafts it's like a a crafty artistic project you know it's like a full project girl my hair is a project because i have a crochet hook for my hair too so it is crafty a dedicated a dedicated hair crochet hook Uh uh-huh it's just excellent (laughs) excellent i'm into it oh man oh I just want to go outside. <laughs> oh, I just I just felt like yeah. I had to say that. I, was like, I just want to go outside. But I'm sorry. No, but I'm actually I'm really actually I'm downplaying how much I'm really into your, this nail polish changing color, and I may or may not be looking it up as we speak. So, um. yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we should wrap it up. Mm-hmm. We'd love to hear what's making you happy. If you watch Jingle Jangle, we'd love to hear your thoughts and your feelings about it. And especially those of you with kids, I'm very interested to see like how much this inventor inspiration mm. impacts children. I I feel like uh, your daughter already kind of had that in her, so I'm mm-hmm. sure it was easy to awaken, but I want to I want to hear all the things. So you can reach us via email. We're biracialunicorns at gmail.com. You can reach us on social media. We're on Facebook and Instagram at biracialunicorns, and we are on Twitter at biracialmagic. Once again, we always want to thank the amazing Deli Pop Art for making our very iconic unicorn photo. We want to thank So Smith Photography for doing some lovely photo and video for us. We also want to thank the very talented Joseph Scott for making our gorgeous intro and outro music. If you really love what we do, we'd really appreciate a review and uh, write a little something something so people know what's going on over here and tell all your friends, make them listen, subscribe. Those things really, really help us out. If you would like to financially contribute to the show, you can buy us a cup of coffee. Uh, We do this all out of our own pocket in our soul and our love, our tears and our blood. And yeah, if you want to do that, we would so greatly appreciate it. Also, if there's any topics, questions, people you want us to interview, please go ahead and get a hold of us within our show notes and let us know. We would love to put out content that you would like to enjoy within the community. Absolutely. All right, y'all. We'll be back next week with a mini-sode and in two weeks with another full episode. Mm-hmm. All right. Peace. Out. Out.